listening to the Nonstop Mom podcast, where you'll gain scriptural insight that will help you effectively raise next generation leaders. Here's your host, Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Hey everyone, I'm Carolyn Shuttlesworth, and welcome to Nonstop Moms. Uh, just first thing I want to get out and say is um, I'm really sad that I don't have any sponsorship like my husband's podcast, but he's way more popular than me. So just believe God with me that one day someone like Tammy's tambourines or Pablo's purity pants will be coming after me to support my podcast. Amen. All right, let's get into this. If you haven't already done so, go ahead and share this so we can get the word out. Anyway, um, just something that's really been on my heart has been a topic that I watch uh, over the years of parenting. Uh, First of all, for you who aren't familiar and know who I am, I have three children. Uh, My oldest is Madeline, and she's about to be nine. My middle is Brooklyn, and she's five years old. And my youngest uh, little superhero, Teddy the Third, uh, is two years old. And I say that because when he gets mad at you, that's who he turns into. He either tries to web you like Spider-Man, turn into the Hulk, or shoot power out of his hand like Iron Man. So... Just uh, pray for me with this kid. But anyway, (laughs) the three that I have, um, uh, I see a lot with parents on this topic of compassion that you have for your children. Uh, For instance, uh, getting hurt if they're sick, uh, instances like that versus the faith that you have and the faith you had before them. You know, I see a lot of times where there's parents who have strong faith in the Word of God, what it says about healing, what it says about protection, what it says about uh, not having fear and anxiety. But then as soon as they become parents, uh, no matter how they got to become parents, if the first time they tried, they got pregnant and they became parents, or if they had to go through several issues, uh, miscarriages, uh, things like that, however they got, or by adoption. Their their faith gets altered. Their faith changes. And what I'm going to be talking about is it should never change. It should only grow stronger. How you are is going to be imparted to your kids. So I was looking up the word compassion, and I was looking that it's uh, – Pity and concern for the suffering of the misfortune of others. Uh, The synonyms of it is love, kindness, uh, to care, have sensitivity towards that person, uh, what they're going through. But then as a believer, as a strong Christian, you have to have faith. And faith is complete trust, a strong belief, a strong belief belief in God and not having proof about it. That's what faith is. Faith is having those spiritual eyes and seeing something, believing something before it even comes to pass. 
Now, many of you uh, who do follow our ministry uh, have heard my husband preach on Madeline when she got sick, was healed of a blood disease. Now, let me tell you, that was a really hard moment as a parent. Your daughter is uh, two and a half years old. We're just coming home from a meeting. We just had a big outdoor tent meeting in Albemarle, North Carolina. Uh, We did a big kids crusade. I put on this big thing for the kids when my husband preached to the adults. They came over to me and we did um, the word of God to them. We did arts and crafts. Uh, They left completely filled with the word of God. Did that for an entire week. We fed families. Uh, We had a Saturday where we had uh, fed a thousand people. We had blow up. So it was a big week long uh, thing of blessing the people in that area. And we come home and Madeline comes down with a fever. And I remember this because we were getting ready to go to Disney on ice. And then she would snap out of it. She'd be fine. And we had to leave the day after to go to another meeting in another part of North Carolina. So, you know, we're just like, all right, well, she's just fighting a fever. You know, let's just get in the car and go and to the meeting. Well, as we're there at the other meeting in North Carolina, it got worse. I mean, to the point where, you know, I couldn't she couldn't even walk. I'm in church holding her, holding her to the car, holding her to the restaurant you know, and something just wasn't right. It was going away. We'd pray, and then it would go away. It would be released from her body, and she'd be fine, and then it would hit her real strong, and it would be a high temperature of 104. So it was like a rubber band. It was snapping back and forth. She'd be completely fine and then super sick. So I was like, you know, we're going to have to call the pediatric office when we get home. So, you know, that morning that we decided to leave after the service on Wednesday, drove home and got home and called the pediatrics and had made an appointment. Well, when Madeline woke up that morning, she was fine. She had thrown up this and that the fever was gone. And I was just like, Oh, you know, praise God, it's gone. Well, later that day, she got super sick again. And I said, this is it. I've got to take her in figure out what's going on, get to the pediatric office. And, you know, when the doctors are coming in and not saying anything and leaving and other doctors are coming in from the office and it's not a huge office and then leaving and not saying anything, you start to think, well, okay, this is not really a normal, you know, flu or anything she has. What is going on? So finally, they came back in and they said, we've called the Children's Hospital in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. They're expecting you you to come through uh, the emergency room way. And it looks like she's got this rare blood disease. I was like, what in the world are you talking about? Came in here thinking, you know, they're going to tell me she's got some kind of flu virus and just go home and let it work out of her system. And here I am leaving with my daughter who can't walk, uh, very lethargic, and um, just, you know, super sick. I was like scratching my head, holding her to the car. 
called Ted. I said, Ted, they're sending us to the emergency room right now. They say she has some blood disease, but since they're not at the hospital, they need further testing. So I pull up in the driveway, and the first thing that Ted comes out and does is he has a bottle of oil. We just anointed Madeline with oil, packed up his backpack, and went to the hospital. We did not plan on staying there. We get there, and as they're doing testing, they're like, you know, you can't leave. She's got some rare blood disease. She's got uh, fluid around her heart. She might have congestive heart failure. I mean, crazy stuff. You go in thinking she's got a cold, and then all of a sudden everyone's in panic mode thinking she has congestive heart failure because there's fluid built up around her heart. She's not walking. Uh, She's in pain to the touch. She's starting to get these red circles on her body and her lips are turning like super, super red. She's not eating. So we get there and we get admitted and this is what we have to deal with for a week. Now, you can look at this situation while you're in it and, you know, your heart is being ripped out of your chest. When you're watching your daughter where they can't get a needle in any of her arms just because of how terrible she feels. And she is two and a half years old looking at her father with tears flowing from her eyes saying, Daddy, please don't let them hurt me anymore. I mean, like, I'll never forget hearing that as a parent. You'll never forget hearing that. You have a choice in that moment to fear or have your faith rise up, you know, and my husband and I began to fast and pray at that very moment. We looked at each other and we said, this, this is not our report. This is not our report. It it can't possibly be our report. We travel around preaching, healing, preaching the good news. We just finished a week of souls being saved, people being healed under the tent. And then our very own child, we can't even, you know, lay hands on her and see her get well. This is it. Teddy said, Lord, either you're going to lose a preacher or you're going to heal my daughter because we're not receiving this report that they're throwing at us. Because there were several things that week. It was pneumonia. All of a sudden she's got pneumonia. Then because she was sore to the touch. Now I'm going in a little bit of detail here because in the church service when people hear it, you know, he's preaching so it's not very detailed, but this was a week long of things coming at us with uh, rheumatoid arthritis doctors coming in because she was such in pain. You know, the doctors had to do a, a ultrasound on her organs because you couldn't even touch her. Like if you touched her stomach or anything like that, uh, she would be screaming in pain. I mean, it was the weirdest thing. I don't, I don't even try to understand it, but I look back and see all the different uh, things we had to do each day. And, you know, she had to be on oxygen because it was low at certain times and they would rush her at two in the morning down the hall uh, to get x-rays. I mean, just crazy stuff we had to deal with and which totally could have brought fear, you know, and then to fast forward to the end of the week, we were there for eight days. But by the end of that week, 
the blood disease was completely gone. It was such a miracle. They, the only medicine that Maddie had in that hospital was aspirin. And the aspirin was to uh, help with the fluid around the heart. But they tried to, I mean, when she was in pain, they offered my two-year-old morphine. They offered to give her morphine to do the ultrasound. To me, that's insane. But you know what? There are parents out there that will see their kid going through this that are Christians. I'm talking about Christians. I don't expect people who don't know the Lord. That's why don't be shocked when there's people who are of this world who you know, aren't believing and standing the same way. Don't be shocked about it. But for you, someone who's born again, someone who reads the Bible, someone who believes needs to stand completely on the word of God. So no, I did not give her morphine. The only thing during this process of eight days she had was aspirin to get the blood, or, uh, the fluid around her heart down and thin the blood. So anyway, as we're getting ready to sign out of the hospital after we had a healing, we had several doctors come in, couldn't find anything, couldn't find anything. We got to go home. We have um, the doctor wants us to give her the flu shot because her being on aspirin and catching the flu because apparently baby or kids, I mean, she was two and a half. I don't. I didn't pay attention too much to it, but as far as they're not supposed to have aspirin, and if they catch something while they're on aspirin, then they could die. They get another some kind of disease and die. It's just crazy, all this stuff. And so Ted says, I'm going to bring this stuff to the car. You pray about it. When I come back, let's say what our answers are about giving her the flu shot. Come back. We decided, nope, no flu shot. We're walking out of here. We're done. We're done with the doctors. God bless them. And you know what? I don't have anything against doctors. God made people to have that uh, knowledge, to have the smarts of becoming a doctor in the medical field. You know, there is a natural way to be healed. It's not like, you know, some surprise to us. There is a natural way to be healed. But to a point, doctors can only take you so far, too. Then there becomes a point where it's there's nothing else they can do. And that's why it's important to believe healing, but to believe it from the very beginning, to believe it from the moment that a cold happens, not just all of a sudden we got to have faith when we get a report like cancer or glaucoma or some, you know, crazy disease that's out there. It's important to have faith from the very beginning. So we come back to the stories. We come together and we said, no, we're not doing it. We're not doing it. We're done. We're done with this. We're done with the hospital. We're done with all this. You know, they made us sign some special paper saying that, you know, it's not on them if she catches a cold and dies. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we had to sign to get out of the hospital. Then, you know, we get to home and they want her to take aspirin every day for months. Um, they want to do heart checkups. The rheumatoid arthritis doctor tried to make an appointment with her. I told Ted, I said, listen, I'm not doing medicine every day to our child. I'm not doing it. I'm not giving her a pill every day. I'm not getting in that routine. You know, what you show your kids, what you allow, they're going to adapt to. They're going to, un- that's a normal thing. So if you When they feel bad, when they start to feel sick, 
What is a response you want to get from them? That's how I look at it. What is a response you want to get from them? Do you want them to run to you and say, Mom, where's the Tylenol? I need the Tylenol. Mom, can I have the Tylenol? Mom, can I have the cough syrup? Where's the cough syrup? Do we have any more? Where's the cough syrup? Can you go to CVS to get the cough syrup? Or do you want them to come to you and say, Mom, I don't feel very good. Can you please lay hands on me? You know, that's exactly what our kids do. They, <laughs> they, they, they won't take anything. So, but they will come to us and they'll be, mom, my stomach doesn't feel good or my head, which is very rare. You know, you can get to that point where just, you know, sickness is not in your home. You know, Maddie will come to me or Brooklyn, my stomach hurts or my head hurts a little bit. Can you pray for me, mom? So that becomes their go-to. So what you familiarize them with is what they're they're going to think is natural. So, you know, I said, Ted, I am not doing this Tylenol, this Advil or whatever it was, aspirin, for months. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not going to doctor's appointments. I'm done. When I left that hospital, I'm done. I made that up in my mind. I'm done. I'll do one checkup for them to tell me that her heart is good and that's it. So, you know, I went to that one checkup, the cardiologist, and he looked at her heart and the fluid. And when we got there, he said, I have never seen fluid leave a heart this fast before. Wow. Like she doesn't have any more fluid around her heart. And that was confirmation for me. And you know what? The the enemy will try to keep coming back at you. You're strong. Okay. You got, you're good. You got it. There's nothing going on. She's uh back to walking, getting her strength back. Then you start getting letters in the mail. You're supposed to be at doctor's appointments. Why are you not here, you know, from the different doctors? Well, you can kind of toss those. Well, then they get stronger. The cardiologist and the doctors are sending letters certified mail to want to make sure you get it. You know, and for a split second, you think, did I make the right decision? Do I need to be taking her back to a checkup? And man, I, the Holy Spirit really rose up inside of me and said, you remember that promise you made? You said you're not doing it. So move on. And that was good enough for me. I moved on. You know, the Holy Spirit will talk to you strongly like that. Don't be offended. Just remember what you promised and keep moving on with it. So anyway, so I wanted to encourage you because when you have you know, I've had a few instances, a few major instances with our children. Uh, one more quickly, I'll tell you on Brooklyn. Brooklyn, you know, many people don't know this. I don't advertise anything on Facebook. I don't uh, send out phone texts and everything like that. I handle the situation. There's a, a few people that I will go to, you know, that I know where their faith is strong and will not waver for prayer. And that's what you got to get. You got to get those people that you know are not going to ask questions. They're not nosy. They're just going to say, okay, I'm going to stand with you. I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to believe with you. And I'm going to join my faith with you. That's the kind of people you need when you're in a situation like this, when you're believing God for a miracle. We were, once again, the enemy attacks us when we're in the middle of doing what we're doing. You know, that attack happened while we're at a meeting, Ted's preaching. Then we're in Jacksonville at a meeting. Completely fine. I drive down with, uh, Brooklyn is three and a half months old. Drive down with my dad. He drives me down with um, Maddie to meet Ted in Jacksonville for a meeting. 
get there, completely fine. Sunday morning in church, Brooklyn, at three and a half months old, starts feeling bad, not doing well, being sick. Now, let me rewind this. Uh, the week before, now, people you know, will always ask me this question. Do you vaccinate your children? Uh, do you give them the shots that need to be done? Uh, just getting it out here in the open, no, I don't. Uh, I vaccinated Maddie uh, for the first couple years, and I think I did that because I just did it. Like, I did it because I thought, you know, that's the routine of doing things. But something was different. I had Brooklyn, and I was really, really conflicted about it in the hospital. I really felt a, a stop in my spirit. I really felt I shouldn't do it. And I did not, uh, I did not look up any information on vaccinations. I, I still haven't to this day. I've never studied it out. I've never looked it up. Uh, my decision was solely and completely based on a direction the Holy Spirit gave me. So, you know, that's important to listen to. So, you know, I, I was rocking Brooklyn before bed before we left on this trip to Jacksonville, and I made up my mind. I said, Lord, this is it. I've I've made up my mind completely. You know, because I, sometimes I try to look for an answer. I go to Ted, and I'll say, you know, what do you think? Do you think I should? And he'll say, well, what does the Holy Spirit tell you to do? Do what the Holy Spirit tells you. Don't, you know, I'm not going to give you the answer, which I appreciate, you know, in our uh beginning years of marriage and stuff, that stuff he would do to me to really help me grow, to really help me hear and, and move forward in that. And so I was rocking Brooklyn and I said, all right, Lord, I've made my decision. This, I, this is what I feel that I need to continue to stand strong in and not do. And that's it. So that was it. Never gave it another thought. And um, fast forward to this trip on Sunday morning, Brooklyn started feeling bad and uh, got real sick. Uh, couldn't go to church Sunday night. She was having serious trouble breathing. And um, then uh, while uh, Ted was at the church in Jacksonville, Brooklyn stops breathing in the hotel room. I'm running into the bathroom, putting steam on in the bathroom, patting her chest, you know. Not a fun thing. You know, you, you, you slightly are like, what's going on? And um, Ted comes home from the meeting, and we get in the car, and we go to the Jacksonville Children's Hospital. You know, thinking that I'm only going to be there for a night. Get there, and she has had, like, barely any oxygen to the point where uh, she has to be admitted to the ICU. I mean, I couldn't do anything but just laugh with Ted because we just went through, you know, when Maddie was two and a half years old, this ridiculous uh, attack on her body. And now the enemy's trying to do it again to our other daughter. It's like, what in the world? You know, that's what I was just like, you know, he has no new tricks. So we're in the ICU for two days. I'm breastfeeding at this time. I didn't stop. I've never given my kids any formula. I've only breastfed them. So, you know, Brooklyn's hooked up in ICU to some powerful oxygen thing to get her numbers back up. I'm heading into other rooms to breastfeed and freeze the breast milk so she can continue when she's uh, out of ICU. 
I had to be there again. Ended up being eight days before her oxygen levels got up and was able to leave. And you know, as soon as they, the first thing they asked me when I got into the hospital was, does she have her vaccinations? Does she have this? Oh, this might be why she got this. She had RSV and she caught this and she should have had this. And it just made me laugh because it was a decision I made not to. And once again, it was thrown in my face for fear. But with a mom full of faith, you have to stand up and be like, nope, doesn't have it. And that's all right. It's not going to bother her. It's not going to affect her body. And so that's just something, uh, you know, a few instances like that that have been major in our life that we had to really work our faith as a parent because I understand that love and compassion in your heartstrings being pulled when they don't feel good can really uh, work hard. You've got to separate yourself as a, a woman of faith and a mom. And you've got to be able to get that balance. You know, when I think back to um, uh, becoming a parent, you know, I kind of go back in my mind to the story of Hannah and how she just begged the Lord for a son. And she promised, Lord, when I have this son, I will dedicate him to you. And it That's exactly what she did when she had him. She had her son, and when she had him, she dedicated that to the Lord. And that gave her faith to know, Lord, you promise to keep him. You promise to protect him. And that's exactly what she stood on as a mother. You know, women are very strong, and that's exactly how we have to be for our kids, strong like a rock. Our faith needs to be ever-increasing to them. Uh, I was looking at Hannah's prayer, and it really, really stuck out to me. Uh, And You can find it in 1 Samuel 2. Then Hannah prayed, My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. I rejoice because you rescued me. No one is holy like you, Lord. There's no one beside you. He will protect his faithful ones, but the wicked will disappear in darkness. No one will succeed by strength alone. Those who fight against the Lord will be shattered. He thunders against them from the heaven. The Lord judges throughout the earth. He gives power to his king. He increases the strength of his anointed one. I mean, right there just in the beginning of the prayer. The Lord has made me strong. Now... Now I have an answer for my enemies. Mm -hmm. This word of God is so powerful, so precious, and so alive to us that just like that in her prayer, now, 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 whatever moment you're going through with your kids, whatever situation that you have with them, you have to remember that the now, you have an answer for your enemies. What is that answer? That answer is that we live by faith that we live by faith. We cannot parent out of fear. We know that 2 Timothy says that we are to have love, power, and a sound mind. We will not parent by fear. No matter what your situation is, the word never changes. You can't parent from anxiety or the standpoint of fear because your kids will adapt the same way like I had mentioned before. However you act, whatever you allow, 
is what they're going to allow. So it was just really stuck up to me that, you know, when Hannah released her son to God, you know, that we when we dedicate our children, that's what we're doing. We're giving them to the Lord. We're, Lord, take care of them. Lord, protect them. You know, we are, we're going to teach them. We have a great responsibility as a parent. But when we do that, we have to allow the Holy Spirit to guide our everyday decisions. We have to really take the word fully at what it says. Yes, we have to show compassion towards our children, but we don't let um, small things. You know, we've gotten to the point, I like to put it this way. A cold, a simple cold, the sniffles, starting to feel starting to feel bad, offends my faith. It offends my faith, and that's how I teach my children. It should offend your faith. You know, how can I go and lay hands on someone who has some kind of incurable disease, and I'm running to the medicine cabinet to grab a whole bunch of cold medicine and Tylenol, uh, when I feel bad or my kid feels bad or my husband feels bad. I mean, it, to Jesus, none of it looks any different. It's not on a scale of 1 to 10. What's your sickness? Is it a 1? Okay, well, since it's a 1, you can just go take Tylenol. I'm going to be busy over here here healing the people that are on a scale uh, 9 and 10 because a 1, eh, you know, we can just have, you know, the medicine cabinet take care of that. But that's how a lot of people look at it. You have to look at it as it's all the same. It is all the same. It is not categorized in heaven between something being, you know, less and higher in the disease and sickness world. You have to get that faith where a cold offends your faith. You know, Bill Winston is one of uh, my favorite ministers, and uh, he will completely charge your faith up to new levels. I recommend you listening to him if you don't. But his a teaching on faith is so strong. And, you know, one time I was traveling and I was not doing well, but I wanted to get to service. I laid in bed and I just listened to preaching, listened to preaching. And he said, you know, and I had not taken anything but I was so, so sick. And this was, of course, during a meeting. You know, the enemy tries to attack you and get you down when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. And he said, how about the next time you feel bad, instead of running to the medicine cabinet to grab Tylenol, go to the Word of God and read Scripture. I mean, and it that should be such a revelatory word to every believer. That instead of running over to get the quick fix of a man-made pill to run over to the word of God and get the quick fix of the, you know, divine scripture that was written for us that is alive and powerful. And so that is kind of, you know, just my first topic today of talking about having compassion versus faith. You're not a bad mom if you have given your kids medicine and that's, you know, not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that there are other levels of faith you can get to and you just have to, you know, (laughs) and your kids aren't guinea pigs. So work your faith and do it smart. 
you know, when I came home from that hospital trip of Brooklyn, uh, I wasn't able to be with Maddie for that week. She had to stay with her dad at the hotel and go to the meetings because she wasn't allowed to be with me in the hospital. And um, we got home from that trip and I was exhausted. I was so tired traveling, uh, nursing, being in the hospital for eight days. I mean, no sleep. It was just it was just terrible. I was exhausted. To this day, I remember how tired I was. Got home. Madeline got so sick with a fever, 104 degree fever. I was so fed up with doctors, uh, not like in a bad way, just going to the hospital and doing that whole process that, you know, I'm looking for a scripture here for you that just came to me. Um, And uh, I was so fed up with dealing with sickness that I just laid my hands on Maddie and I just sat next to her in the bed and, you know, Ted was gone. He had to go back on the road and it was just me and a three and a half month old who just got better and didn't need to be around someone who was sick. And then Madeline, who now needed my full attention and um, she was three and a half years old and super sick. And I'm going to tell you this, I three and a half years old, that was the last time Madeline has had a fever. And it was the very reason I stood on this verse in Mark 1, uh, verse 29, start with, after Jesus left the synagogue with James and John, they went to Simon and Andrew's home. Now, Simon's mother-in-law was sick in bed with a high fever. They told Jesus about her right away. So she went, so he went to her bedside, took her by the hand and helped her sit up. Then the fever left and she prepared a meal for them. That was it. He took her by the hand. The virtue went out of his body into her body and that was it. And it was done. And that's exactly what when the Lord left this earth and gave us the Holy Spirit and the power to operate in it. That's exa- that's it. That's all, that's it. It's in our hands. So I took Madeline's hand and her head and just prayed over her and commanded that to go. And it left. She was for two days had a high temperature and in the natural should have gone to the doctors, you know, should have taken Tylenol and stuff. But I wanted to work the word. And I'm telling you, that was the last time Maddie's almost nine and she hasn't had a fever since she was three and a half. I remember that to this day, laying in my bed, standing on that word, thinking of the power that Jesus had just by grabbing her hand took her by the hand and helped her sit up and she was healed. Well, we have that same power flowing in our hand, flowing in our hand. So we have to start using it. Your children are sick. Your children aren't feeling good. Your children are battling with fear and anxiety. Lay your hands on them and cast that out of their body. Cast it out. We have so much power in our hands and in our spirit. But you know what? If you don't ever go to the Word of God and you don't ever find these scriptures and you don't ever get the knowledge and the wisdom that's given in here, we aren't able to operate that way. So I encourage you today, get into the Word of God. You know, their faith should ever be increasing until the Lord returns. We should never stay at the same level of faith. So if there's a 
uh, subject that you're having trouble in, if it's healing, do a study on healing. Find the scriptures on healing. Find the stories on healing like that in a particular thing and get it in your spirit. So when something arises and comes at you, you have the strength and the ability to shut it down. The word of God says he's given us all power over the enemies. Just like what I read in uh, 1 Samuel 2. I'm going to go back there. The Lord has made me strong. So just remember this, ladies, as you're dealing with uh, your faith versus compassion for a situation with your child. The Lord has made me strong. I would write this verse out. I'd write this verse out and memorize it. I'd put it on your refrigerator. I don't know. Put it in your car. Something like that. Just (laughs) print it out and remember. My heart rejoices in the Lord. The Lord has made me strong. Now I have an answer for my enemies. You have an answer. You have an answer in your mouth. You have an answer in your hands. You have the answer. You hold the answer. And it would be wrong to hold it back from our children. It's important to sit and teach them. Why does Jesus heal? How can you be healed? You know, how can you be free from fear? How can you have you know, no anxiety. My kids don't battle any of it. They don't have nightmares. They don't battle anxiety or fear. And, you know, it's not for any other reason than us teaching them the Word of God. That's it. We teach them the Word of God. And we talk to them. And I sit with them. And I tell them why we don't have fear, what it is, why we don't allow it in the house, why we don't go around saying I'm scared about everything like that. You have to watch what your kids say. I don't mean be super crazy about, you know, every little thing that comes out of their mouth like that. But you know, you know when there's something that's not right. You know when there's something that should be cut off. And that's exactly what it is. Get it at the root before it festers and grows. I hope this podcast has been a blessing to you and has been able to build your faith. I have even more content for you on the blog that I just launched, so I really want you guys to check that out. Uh, Be a part of this. Get involved. Um, You can find it at nonstopmom.net. I'll also be releasing articles every week about parenting, stuff on marriage, homeschooling, other subjects that's going to build your faith uh, and equip you to be who God created you to be within your family. Uh, Even if you're not a mom yet, I encourage you to be a part you know, one day you're going to be. So these are uh, things that you can really get a hold of. Uh, If you haven't done so already, you can check me out on Instagram. My username is Carolyn Shuttlesworth. Also, I wanted to mention that we launched a new nonstop mom Facebook page. Uh, I really love it if you would join the group. Uh, There's an attached page there. I'm going to be doing things on like giveaways on there. I'm going to be doing uh, releasing videos. Uh, We can chat sometimes. Maybe we get some lives going on there. Uh, It's probably the easiest place to have uh, conversations uh, together. So I really hope you can be a part of that. So search that on Facebook. I really love you guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this. Um, And until next time, keep on non-stopping. Wait, that was super cheesy.
Okay, that doesn't work. All right, well, I'm going to still figure this out. But anyway, thanks for listening. I love you guys, and I appreciate it. Bye. Bye.